Blog Talk Radio. This is our common ground. Alternative activists, empowerment, talk radio. Speaking truth to power and ourselves. Who are you? You don't know. Don't tell me Negro. That's nothing. What were you before the white man named you a Negro? And where were you? And what did you have? What was yours? What language did you speak then? As you honor our forefathers and foremothers, I urge you to honor our living heroes. When you honor the names of Nat Turner, Harriet Tubman, and Malcolm X, I urge you to honor the names of Geronimo Gijaga, Sundiata Akoli, Matulu Shakur, and Mumia Abu-Jamal. America's chickens are coming home to roost. Violence begets violence. Hatred begets hatred. And terrorism begets terrorism. Our common ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Thank you for being with us. Stay tuned. Malcolm X, 
I urge you to honor the names of Geronimo Jijaga, Sundiata Akoli, Mutulu Shakur, and Mumia Abu Jamal. America's chickens are coming home to roost. Violence begets violence. Hatred begets hatred. And terrorism begets terrorism. Our common ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Thank you for being with us. Stay tuned. And good evening, and thank you for being with us for real and live and call in. This is our common ground. It's a sanctuary where we can come to honor our history, our culture, our meaning to each other on each Saturday night here at our common ground, a place where we come to be ourselves for ourselves, inside ourselves, speaking truth to power and ourselves. Tonight at our common ground, we thank you so very much. And for those of you who are listening by smartphone or even if you're on your computers and you're just simply listening, come on in in the chat room. Alpha, Michelle, and a couple of guests are already um, making themselves comfortable up in our chat room at our common ground dot no it's blog talk radio dot com backslash o c g where you will find our chatters as they follow along in our discussion. It's been a tough couple of weeks for some black folks. I tell you, I am one weary, ragged black folks, and you all gonna have to call. 347-838-9852 to give me a little bit of therapy to make it make me believe that we still exist because if you read the news it is though we are no longer here knock knock are we still here are we still black in america are we still um occupying space in america I've got a couple of questions, um, and they are not questions here at Our Common Ground tonight. By the way, for those of you who are new, I'm Janice Graham. So good to meet you. Thank you for for becoming part of what can be inspiring and sometimes what can be quite offsetting. But, you know, we have a history. We know how to survive offsetting. What we don't know how to survive is invisibility. Now, we've gone through three debates relative to the presidential election. We don't have very many people who call in and tell us what local uh, political contests are all about, and we do invite you to do that. Our number, write it down, get your pen, 347-838-9852. We're going to be here all through this broadcast, right on up to round about midnight when we say goodnight, but see you soon. 
Um, I want to talk about a couple of things tonight. And one of them is reiterating something that I say a lot, and that is that we have got to get beyond who we elect. Because, you know, it has come down to just this in America. If you got the money, you can get the seat. Even the Supreme Court has declared it so. Not that I have a lot of faith in the Supreme Court, see, because I think that the Supreme Court needs reform. But what we need in our community is some kind of transformative thinking about as, I'm trying to think, who should sing that song, Make It Real, It's Got to Be Real, Shaka Khan. Shaka, 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 gone. Yeah. Somehow we've got to get to the real stuff. And we're talking about, even in the context of the political landscape, we're talking about the wrong things. They've already stolen our vote. Don't we see that the voter suppression laws, laws that are passed in the vessels, that is supposed to guarantee us democracy, has stolen our votes. So can we put our faith in the vote? I don't know. A lot of people are running around and saying, well, you know, people died for the right for us to vote. Voting was not something for which people died directly. People died for us to have the right to have dignity and to honor ourselves and to affirm our humanity. Because even then, when people were dying for what you all call the right to vote, wasn't nobody to vote for. Who? You going to vote to put Bull Connor back in the office? So one of the things that I have always hoped, and I've been on the air for over 25 years, and and this is not, I don't get paid for this in the same way that you get paid for what you do when you go to your job. This is how I pay my rent to be on this planet to be in this universe. So our common ground is my life's work. I never got, even when I was working, being paid for radio, I was never a recipient of my worth. So there you have it. Um, <clears throat> so this is, how I pay the rent. I'm hearing some strange stuff in my headphone tonight that I never hear at um uh on this show, on this in this out of this studio. Um and I'm relying on people in our chat room to Keep me flagged about whether or not you've got audio and whether or not this thing is not working. Knock, knock. Are you are y'all still there? Okay. 
But one of the things that I want to talk about is the absence of our very journey in the discourse on the presidential contest, the discourse when progressives talk about social justice, in the discourse when the anti-racists talk about anti-racism, in the discourse talking about the impediment to our rights as citizens, and the discourse that we don't have around the journey from mind to spirit. Oh, we love to sit around, you know. I love I love that Alpho. Alpho can can remember all the things that the people said. He can remember all the statistics. He knows who works for what think tank and who's a neocon versus who's a tea partier and at the Alpha Show at TruthWorks Network you are talking with a man who has a store of factual information. But once we get through all of that, how do we make the leap, that journey, from the intellect of politics into our spirit of core values? I've been talking about core values for, for, for days now. I've been thinking about it and talking about it. This this morning I was blogging about it. And my question becomes, do we really have an understanding of the theoretical construct of structural racism? And do we have a power analysis of systems about where we work and where we live, and are we willing to develop the skills or even develop the willingness to continually align our intent and action, dedicating ourselves to being in authentic relationship with this country? And and I like the the concept of will, you know, all the Dr. Matthew uh, Johnson on Solar Fire. He's always he talks about our free will, and in the churches we talk about our free will. But you know what? When you when your sons and daughters are going to court, when your elected officials are being denied number of votes actually cast for them, there is no discourse about the will, about the whole notion of free will. You don't have free will in a court of law. You don't have free will in a democratic society. You only have free will when it comes to how conceptually you construct your individual life. That is what purpose you set, what journey you take, and what core values that guide your path. So tonight I want to talk about how much we recognize of who we are. 
how much are we willing to do the personal work? How much are we willing to sacrifice? You know, for instance, um, I really try not to watch the Sunday shows. I really do. But I understand that there is an important alignment that I have to maintain walking the walk in order to walk the walk, my impact, my intent. I have to also have an awareness of the possible consequences and risks that I face in making decisions about what issues are important either on this show or in my life or inside the commitment that I have to always retain intentionally and consistently to address racial inequities. So tonight, I want you to listen for a moment to something that I heard that was so profoundly centered in core values that many of us share, but we don't know or recognize or intently identify as part of our core values. These core values, this morning when I was blogging, I was thinking that we have these values that come out of our history our our culture that was carved in pain and tears. But many of us fail to recognize, one, the core value, and two, we fail to recognize how we have to apply it. Dr. Matthew V. Johnson really moved me with this, and I want to play some portions of what he had to say on Soulifier and on TruthWorks on Wednesday night and ask you some questions about what you hear. You're listening to Our Common Ground. I'm Janice Graham, and I'm a woman on fire, and I'm a dangerous combination tonight because a brace woman on fire is very dangerous. Listen to this. most powerful force on the earth, a soul of fire. A sanctimonious press and righteous men, soul surfing, the presidential debate, and soul searching, election 2012, you're listening to Soul of Fire with Dr. Matthew V. Johnson, where truth and spirit matters. And the sanctimonious press that wraps itself in the hollow tradition of the values that vouchsafe democracy through transparency, openness, and objective reporting and information does not seriously, in this country in particular, evaluate itself and its function. And there's a certain kind of self-righteousness, which I call self-righteous mess, that the press in this country uses to cloak itself from serious self-examination, particularly on issues of race. This is everything that he does. Um, 
this this is the strange alchemy of race on the uh, perception of Americans, and I must say, on all of us, uh, black, white, or otherwise, black people are not immune from the distorting, refractory lens of race, particularly, um, and we, we might be particularly susceptible to it, uh, because our interests are at stake so urgently in this situation. We know that one of us, or all of us, uh, are judged by one of us. And so we have so much riding on uh, President Obama's success or failure. Whether or not he is uh, uh, effective or aggressive about getting things that relate directly to our interests in terms of policy, the fact of the matter is that his success is in our interest. Whatever that success implies in terms of direct policy uh, practices on behalf of, of black folk and those and those uh, other folk out there who are among the oppressed, among the exploited, among the underserved, among the look looked over, regardless of whatever particular policies he has in place, uh, regardless of the impact that he has on the uh, Constitution of the Supreme Court after this next election. The fact of the matter is that whether or not he succeeds or fails has a direct impact on the interest of black folk. Uh, if he is successful and if he is perceived that way, then for many of us, uh, our children, our grandchildren, it will mean more opportunity. Because we're all being evaluated right now by Barack Obama. Barack Obama. So, in order to preserve perspective, one of the key things that a press must do is be conscious of itself in relation to the impact that social and cultural forces are having. And in America, the key force, the key impact, the primary problem is race. And in this situation, it has come into play in an unusual way because the President of the United States is a black man. But I can certainly say that there has been no serious public discussion that acknowledges the potential, the, the, the impact of race and its peculiar form of lensing. I'm talking about race in general. People have been bantying race about the whole time, of course. How are you going to get around it? A black man's president of the United States. Where black people were defined and where their destiny was completely determined and where the meaning of their existence was exhaustively defined by hewers of wood and drawers of water. But a black man is president. So, of course, race is being bandied about, but not the peculiar, peculiar lensing effect that it has, which is to magnify negatives and minimize positives. So somehow this president's accomplishment, even his strength, why? They can't overemphasize the strength of a black man. So his effect 
policy, which has been exceptional according to their criteria. That's the criteria that Obama promised us when he was running. But according to the criteria, criteria that they set up for what an effective foreign policy should look like for a nation, an imperial nation like America, because it must reflect its strength, its determination to rule and will, its iron will. In terms of their criteria, his foreign policy has been impeccable. A sterling example of American wisdom and strength. But you don't hear it described in those terms. Why? Because the way we lend, race, use race to lens folk in America will not allow you to lens a black man that way because his strength and his strength of character and his forcefulness goes against the grain of all your stereotypes. Because when a black man is strong, he isn't strong, then he's arrogant and angry. Then when he is uh, self-effacing, he isn't moral and humble, he's weak. It's the lensing. Lensing. And the sanctimonious press, it is making, it is making without question, the struggle to re-elect Obama, because there really should be no context between Obama and Mitt Romney. Obama should be leading. Mitt Romney shouldn't, shouldn't have over 39 points. Shouldn't have over, should, certainly shouldn't have over 41, 42 uh, uh, against Obama's uh, uh, 48 uh, or, or more, uh, or, or, or 50, 58. There's no way he should have but he does. Could you imagine if Obama was a white man and Mitt Romney was black, what this, what this, what this would look like? Just reverse them in your head. If you're wondering whether or not race is having an impact, uh, impact on this, just say to yourself, uh, what if Obama was white and Mitt Romney was black? Keep their language the same, keep their position the same, even give them the same money. This wouldn't even be a race. It wouldn't even be close. We would be discussing something else because this thing would already be signed, sealed, and delivered. But when you reverse those and put Obama back in the position that he's in as a black man, or if not Mitt Romney, all of a sudden it's supposed to make sense that this race is closed. Look, 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 look at the women. They could not have had a clearer white women did not have a clearer presentation of what is at stake for them in this election. Well, the issue of contraception, who makes decisions whether or not women are being treated with the dignity of full and equal human beings just in terms of affording them the right to make choices about their own body. Not to mention the obvious question and issue. Whether or not you are to equal pay for equal work. It's ludicrous that we're even having this discussion. It's ludicrous that in America we have to have this discussion. And yet, Look at the number of white women that remain undecided. Now, I think part of the problem, and I really mean part of the problem, is that there, there, is, a, there, there is something in the press in this country 
that does not want, and I think this the liberal press, well, of course, uh, people like uh, Ed from the Ed Show, I mean, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't seem to care. But, but many of them just can't stomach the idea of a white man looking so inferior to a black man, particularly a white man that represents one half of a two-party system in this country. Matter of fact, you can line up three three white men: George Bush, um, the uh, McCain, and Romney, and you can put all three of them together, and they they they, they might be half as smart as Obama. But I I think that there's something, and, and Obama, I mean, and and, and uh, Romney has proven one thing in America that. Uh, analogous to that right now. We're all looking at this train wreck 
of a campaign with a pathological liar, a virtual sociopath. He doesn't have any conscience in relation to these claims he's making. They're, they are all interchangeable. They don't matter. All this talk about moral commitments and the language is empty and hollow. He is the hollow man. It does not matter. He, it has no moral gravitas. We're looking at this, and, and half of America contemplating putting this man in the White House to be its leader. Rather than a man who has had very scrupulous integrity for the last four years, under the microscope, no other president has been under a microscope like this one. As a matter of fact, they never let the election die. They had Sarah Palin running for two and a half years after the man was elected. The day he was elected, they started talking about who was going to run against him in four years. And they didn't stop until now. Under that kind of light and, and under the shadow of that kind of intense scrutiny, he's had to operate. If this man would have, would have had a major flaw, believe me, they would have found him. From their perspective. Well, some of us got some issues with certain kinds of, of, of political and cultural neglect and so forth, but that's all right. But from their perspective, they would have found him. And here you got a man who can't stand ten minutes of scrutiny. And he actually, 50% of the people are capable right now, still left, undecided, putting this man in the White House and his finger on an atomic bomb. Now, I point this out to point out the fact that it is the press that is responsible for flattening out the moral universe that way. For acting as though suddenly the character issue is just, well, it's, it, it's an implicit issue, but it's not really on the table. The character issue. When these guys, if you remember, from Ronald Reagan until now, these were the people who argued that character made all the difference in terms of leadership. That's why we got this swing back to the rich, the witch hunting right wing in this country, and everybody's going on witch hunts all over the country, looking up under the, uh, looking at the bed sheets and up under the bed and in the closet of every politician that comes along. Because you want to find a change in their characterological armor, because if, if, if something's wrong with their character, they aren't fit to lead, and they don't merit leadership. So character is supposed to be a main issue. It's always been the main issue. Was it character precisely what was that issue when they raised the specter of Jeremiah Wright as the pastor of President Obama was not character the issue. Why is the universe so flattened out now? All of a sudden, uh, the character issue, uh, well, it's, it's not really that important. Let's hear what they have to say. When we force, let's find out who they really are. Well, we can, we're looking right at who Mitt Romney is. i tell you why character is not an issue. Character suddenly isn't an issue because the white man's losing on that one. Who, who keeps sliding the rules around? It's depressed. In their righteous mess.
suddenly character is not at issue. Because if it was, Mitt Romney, just by what we all know and the press could easily show, if they shape the issue in terms of character, if they contextualize Mitt Romney, it's not flip-flopping, the man is a liar. If they shape the issue, if the narrative for this election was as it should be, character, when you just examined Mitt Romney's career, hell, the last six months, he would lose hands down. So suddenly the character narrative is out the window. Aren't you just a little suspicious? Aren't you just a little concerned that we've somehow given these people almost a full uh, a, a, a full control over what we see and how we perceive things? And they sanctimoniously represent themselves as somehow the guardians of truth and information and fairness? Even the left liberals who don't want to admit that a white man and a series of white leaders elected by half of America have been proven inferior to a black president. They don't want to admit it. A sanctimonious press and righteous men, soul-surfing the presidential debate and soul-searching election 2012. You're listening to Soulify with Dr. Matthew V. Johnson, where truth and spirit And thank you for indulging us to revisit some very powerful words. You're listening to Our Common Ground. Our number is 347-838-9852. And as my colleague and brother, Dr. Matthew V. Johnson, raises the issue of character. And my question tonight really has to do with who we are and to what extent we have bought into the American press's message that continues to minimize and underestimate our very existence in this country. Because race is still a major issue in America, and the American press does not seem to want to admit to that. As a matter of fact, because we have been unwilling to press it, it seems that we don't want to admit to it. And what does that say about the, as Dr. Johnson always talks about, is a flat moral stance that we have taken as a people in this country. I've noticed some people make light of all of the so-called undecided voters, but when I listen to those words by uh, Dr. Johnson last Wednesday night on his program, Soul of Fire, which broadcasts at 10 p.m., I have to ask the same questions. Do they not know what the options are? 
do they even know who the current president is? The U.S. Supreme Court is considering whether the University of Texas's uh, affirmative action policy is constitutional. If the Supreme Court strikes down UT's affirmative action policy, the doors to higher education will be closed to many African-American young people. Universities and colleges will become more and more segregated. However, that issue was not important enough for the debate moderators, for the debaters, or the African-American community to pick up the phone and be outraged. These debates have failed to raise the problem of racial profiling. Another, uh, an example of racial profiling is the tragic death and murder of Trayvon Martin. This year, a self have we forgotten that this year a self-appointed neighborhood watchman by the name of George Zimmerman hunted and shot down Trayvon Martin just because he was black. It, wasn't, it has not been mentioned in the last three debates, and it won't be, dimension, be mentioned on Monday. We have not been ringing the bell. In addition to racial profiling, mass incarceration. It wasn't raised in any of the debates. The so-called war on drugs has led to the mass incarceration of black people. This country, led by, paid for, bought out by corporations, has now decided that it can do better with, with slave labor. And it has started putting together a new form of of uh, plantations and that makes for us a disproportionate percentages of African Americans who have been reduced to second class citizen even after they leave prison in most states and we want to participate with this press with this country in discourse which takes into account a mythological post-racial era, and none of those issues matter and have not mattered in these debates. The, unfortunately, these debates have been fixated on issues that impact white middle class. And if you think you're black middle class and that's the same as white middle class, I've got a bridge that I want to sell and I don't even live in that state. As far as the presidential debates have been concerned, black people are invisible and our concerns are irrelevant. And I just posted in our chat room at Our Common Ground that these debates have taught me two things. That in the eyes of America, the plight of Big Bird is far more important than the plight of my people. That binders full of women are more important than prisons full of black people. You're listening to Our Common Ground. We're going to take a break, and we'll take your calls when we come back 
at 347-838-9852. I'm Janice Graham on fire. We'd like to hear from you. You're listening to Our Common Ground at Blog Talk Radio, speaking truth to power and ourselves. We thank you for being with us. black men stopped and frisked by the NYPD in 2011 than there are black men living in the city. Who's protecting them? Don't sleep. This is Janice Graham of Our Common Ground reminding you that invasive and oppressive policies in our local government paid by our tax dollars is your responsibility. That's right. Don't sleep. Stop and frisk. It's not right. It's damaging our children and our community. Thank you for listening to an Our Common Ground Black Service Announcement. This announcement is brought to you by Our Common Ground Communications. Our Common Ground, each Saturday, 10 p.m., transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. I believe in truth. I believe in truth. I believe in What we see before our eyes, the sky is green and the grass is blue. But one thing you can't deny, these people are sabotaging this economy and people are sabotaging this country. You're listening to the Alpha Show on TruthWorks Network. This is how we do it. Black people have lost their minds because what they are doing is simply giving a wink and a nod, stepping back. And right quick, on Thursday, House Republicans criticized the Justice Department for challenging voter ID law. Critical lawmakers believe that the Department of Justice 
is acting in a partisan manner, and that Department of Justice action shows that the Obama administration is more concerned with winning in November. Only at TruthWorks Network. When injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. The Alpha Show. This is Janice Graham of TruthWorks Network, inviting you to join us in a new broadcast partnership in collaboration with Black Women's Blueprint. TruthWorks Network presents Fury in the Light. Black Women in the Prism. Unleashing the power. Black women in the prism. Unleashing the power. Fury in the light. Of live radio forums in a collaborative partnership with TruthWorks Network, hosted by the Black Women's Blueprint. Starts October 22nd. We hope you'll join us. 10 p.m. TruthWorks Network and Black Women's Blueprint. Patrick John. You don't get up and try to do something. God is not going to put it in your lap. Oh. And there's no need of running and no need of saying, honey, I'm not going to get in the mess. Because if you are born in America with a black face, you are born in the mess. Truth, 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 justice, justice, liberty, liberty, resistance. Truth, truth, justice, just liberty, never resistance. You're listening to Our Common Ground. I'm Janice Grant, and I'll be listening for you. You're tuned to Our Common Ground. I'm Janice Grant, and I'll be listening for you. Speaking truth to power and ourselves. 20 years broadcasting black, bold, and brilliant. Thank you for being with us. Hey, Daddy, what that day? And why that under day? And oh, Daddy, oh, hey, Daddy, hey, look it over there. Hey, what they doing there? 
And where they going there? And daddy, can I have that big elephant over there? And thank you for being with us here at Our Common Ground on this October 20th, 2012. Uh, If you are new to us, you can join us in our chat room at blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG. If you are new to us, we invite you to join our community forum on Facebook at Our Common Ground with Janice Graham and to also enjoy many, many uh, informative articles and blogging at our website at OurCommonGround.com and OurCommonGroundTalk.wordpress.com. And you can Twitter with us and join our Twitter list at hashtag TalkThatMatters and join us in a back and forth on Twitter at Janice OCG, and I'm Janice Graham, and I suppose you have figured that. You know, tonight I'm really wanting to get to the idea of recognition, that if we continue to be willing participants in our own invisibility, then we will constantly be part of a collective... It's almost like we've been beat back in the cave and we are in the cave with no food, no water, no nothing for our survival. And I understand about the whole issue that we all suffer from and you all get ready, take your pills, go see your therapist, whatever. Call us at 347-838-9852, whether you agree or not. But we are all in this together, whether you want to be or not. And it's because they're flipping the script on white privilege and community building. And they're doing that because we have not intentionally and with NIA. Remember, I mean, the the, the seven principles are not just for us to do it for a week. We must have intentional, concentrated focus on the development of our community and our collective presence in this country. Unless you were, you know, there are a lot of people, a lot of my friends are saying, and, you know, and I've been part of chorus and put on my choir robe, and I've been saying, if Mitt Romney becomes the president of the United States, I'm the hell out of here. But the hell out of here and leaving what behind? You know, we are all victimized by racism, and we internalize it. I was so fit to be tied today because Goldie Taylor, who has been a guest on this show, who I admire, and I think she is one of the most brilliant women in America speaking to the issues of uh, black struggle and history and culture 
and she was on the Bill Maher show, and I got my little hummus and and my crackers and and my water because I can't figure out what to drink now because I'm not drinking Diet Coke or Dr Pepper anymore. I've swore off all soft drinks, and I can't find the damn unsweetened tea that I found a month and a half ago because the damn store keeps changing what they have, what they offer, and I liked it, and now I can't find it. So I just drink water, and I guess that's okay. And yeah, I, I drink it out of the refrigerator. I, I drink it out of the refrigerator filter thing, and I drink it out of the uh, bottled water that we have delivered. I'm, I just drink the water. Hell, the only thing I won't do is drink it from a bubbler somewhere in the streets of Boston. But this whole issue of internalized racism, Goldie Taylor, you know, so I, I had, you know, my little snack and my snack tray, and, I'm, and I decided I was going to spend the day in the bed. I wasn't going to do anything about radio until 6 o'clock, and, 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 and I and, and I. And I was ready to watch this show. And these two men, John Fun and some other man from Newsweek, who are neoconservatives, never gave Goldie Taylor the time of day. It was like she wasn't there. I mean, she got a hits in. Yeah, she got some hits in. But they were so muffled by the ignorant clamoring of these people talking nonsense. And then another Our Common Ground uh, voice, I call all of our guests Our Common Ground voices because, you know, I don't invite anybody to this microphone that I cannot say to them, I respect you. So Matt Taibbi came in and he talked about this really brilliant piece that he did in Mother uh, Rolling Stone about um, Mitt Romney and Bain Capital, but these two, these other two clowns, they were making so much noise that it was almost like Bill Maher, Goldie Taylor, and Matt Taibbi almost came across the same way that President Barack Obama came across in his first debate. And I'm going, what the hell? I was so irritated, I was beyond myself. So. We develop ideas, beliefs, and behaviors that in many ways support or collude with racism. See, because had I been Goldie Taylor, I would have had to tell them to shut the fuck up. Don't talk over me. Who the hell do you think you are? And this is why you are considered to be the ignoramuses of the kingdom of corporate America. So, because race is a social and political construct that comes out of a particular history of domination and exploitation between people, we internalize, our internalized racism often leads to great conflict. And we have to understand that that's how it works. Our number is 347-838-9852 and 773, you're on the air. Thank you for your call. And I know this is Alpha. 
No, it's not. This is Big Bird. <laughs> Straight out of Sesame Street. <laughs> this is Big Bird. This is Big Bird. Alpha, I know you saw the show. I saw the show. But, but, but let's not talk about the show. That was just yet another um, example of just what we have to rely upon to get information, to get informed, to 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 get taught what we need to teach, and, and it blows up in our face. But here is a country, I mean, I, I, I just want to say that I think, and, and, and I said this two weeks ago and I said it last week, that I think that President Barack Obama did a such a disservice in his behavior in the first debate that many of us will not recover in time to do much. I mean, there's nothing much you can do with this presidential contest. What do you think? Well, what he did in the first debate was simply leave the door open and allowed Mitt Romney to get up off the ground, took his foot off Romney's neck. And like I said, right after the first debate, and it's come to fruition, allowing this man to rise from the ashes will very well may be his undoing. They have given him a new lease on life. For the Democrats and this president, and I say the Democrats and this president, Back off of their attacks on Mitt Romney. You know, then we want to blame the president for using Big Bird. Big Bird was the joke of an excuse to lower the debt that Mitt Romney raised. Binders of women was the lie that he told to get some type of affirmative action pro-women cred. So when we pounce upon this, we even criticize ourselves. When the president uses Romnesia, we, there are even many of us who criticize it. Then Romney comes out and says he's playing silly word games. Well, that's what he's doing. And instead of the president, and Romnesia was fine because he introduced it before a crowd of younger people, and they ate it up. But to sharpen his message, for the Democrats who all came out on the convention night and criticized Romney, talked about Romney from up and down the spectrum, where are they now? Where's Duval Patrick? Where's Cory Booker? Where are all of these surrogates? who were willing to come out on stage at the convention and not continue the battle. They've all tucked in their weapons and dulled their tongues and they've gone home while the Republicans have ramped up the effort behind this first debate. And now most of the swing states are within margin of error. Most of the swing states are in the grasp of voter suppression and they are able to be stolen 
because what they're doing in Pennsylvania is just embarrassing to democracy. But there is no outcry. And if there is an outcry, it's being drowned by the continuous illegal advertising that's being done in Pennsylvania. Remember, Pennsylvania doesn't have early voting. Remember this, too. On November 6th, the lines in Pennsylvania will be so long, so long, that we may very well lose Pennsylvania. If the president loses Pennsylvania, he will lose this election. You cannot try to interject the black agenda into what's going on now. Nobody cares about stopping Frisk in New York. Those are black people. We as black people can't stop and go home and, and turn our backs. We've persevered through slavery, through dogs. When you talk about people dying for us to have the right to vote, of course they did. But if we as a people turned around and stopped, where would we be now? Just as now, we won't stop. We can't stop. What we need to do is learn to play the game, the long game. We've seeded we've catchy phrases such as trickle-down government. We've allowed them to vilify affirmative action. We've allowed them to vilify groups like ACORN. They demonize and vilify. Then they bring it down. We've allowed them to push back on us when it's called the race card, when the entire deck is raised. We've allowed them to tell the lie that 23 million people are unemployed. That means that what they are simply saying to the American idiots is that there was no unemployment before February of 2009. But there is no pushback. We've allowed them to declare that 582,000 women have lost jobs since Obama when the number is 82,000, and the majority of those are teachers because of the spending cut, the ransom we paid in the hostage-taking of shutting down the government, not raising the debt limit, not allowing anything through the lame duck. And then we sit back and we allow them to tell these things, to tell these lies without any pushback. We allow them to say, Obama's increased the, the debt by five, six trillion dollars, when in fact more than half of that is from the fact that he put the Bush tax cuts, the two wars, and the Medicare D on the budget. That's where more than half of that debt comes from but not the Democrats, not the Obama administration. No one has pushed back with the truth, and they well, simply have repeated it into the truth and into perception. Yeah, but, but you know, the, 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 uh, there, there's an equation here, and I've been saying this all week, and we're only, we're only dealing with one side of the equal sign. And that side has to do with those things for which we have no control. But even on the other side of the equation where we do have control, and that is 
we have not fully challenged, and and this is where the question is, Dr. Dr. Johnson raises it for the press. I raise it for black people. Where the hell you do, what the hell are you doing? Where are the issues relative to the the challenge that the democrat the face of the democratic party? I don't see I mean, you know, and then we have the progressives who are raising the issues of foreign policy, foreign policy relative to military uh, aggression against innocent people with drone attacks, blah, 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 blah. That's only one part of the equation. So I, 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 I guess I'm asking where are our liberation, equity, and justice tools? They're at the little kids' table. There is no room on the table for those, what the majority of America sees as black issues. And when I say black issues, I'm in full, I'm in, I agree with you wholeheartedly. But when you want to reduce drone strikes in comparison to boots on the ground, thousands of people have been killed in drone strikes. Hundreds of thousands will die with boots on the ground and, a, and an army embedded into a country such as Iraq. And when you step back and look at the entire picture holistically, the first victim of war is innocence. We can't get around that. We can't somehow bring up the issue of uh, stop and frisk in New York where the numbers, where every, every fact points to racially profiling and racial discrimination. And we've endured this for hundreds of years. Now the continuation of it seems to have put us in a shock when perseverance is what we will continue to do against this. You can't be angry with a president who doesn't pay more attention to this. It's a third rail to get reelected. It's a third rail when you begin to talk about our issues. Just like our issues were the same kinds of issues when Martin went to the president, and what did he say? Make me do it. So we can't turn our backs. We can't go home. We can't say, uh, this is not doable. We can yell and scream and we can bellyache all we want. It's not going to happen. They got out in front of it. We haven't yet to learn to play the long game simply because we don't have the long game finances. They got out in front of reparations, demonized and vilified it to a point where it's such a third rail and so toxic at this point. Everything that this president would even try to do is somehow linked to that huge echo chamber, that huge megaphone that is the right-wing media, be it audio, be it video, or be it print. And until we come to understand that this is the fight that we must continue to fight 
in a matrix-like fashion. We are the underground. We are still the underbelly. They keep us divided from Hispanics because they know as a coalition we are much stronger. And even black people, they don't want anything to do with the Hispanic movement, with the Hispanic issues, but that's just by design. You know, but but this is this is this is my question, and um, I go along with you, Alpha, to a certain degree. And my question has been since the election of Barack Obama to the presidency of the United States, and I still ask the question: When are the hundreds of thousands of us going to land? in front of the Democratic National Committee, in front of the White House, in front of the Supreme Court, in front of the DOJ, in front of the Department of uh, whatever department, Health and Human Services, in front hundreds of thousands of us, in front of the goddamn debate on, on Friday night, and we need to be saying we refuse to be moved, we refuse to be invisible. This is bullshit that the community that has the 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 most um, is most victimized by public policy in this country refuse to be invisible. And that's not saying for those of you who are listening, that's not saying that we what I'm saying is we need to walk together children we need to get some old school we need to we need to revisit the bridges that have brought us safely across and stop laying down and worrying about Mitt Romney Mitt Romney is a lying conniving lying corporatist and even if I, I, I dare to even try to think about what will ha- what's going to happen if Mitt Romney wins, but even if Barack Obama is reelected for a second term, we need to construct what that is going to mean to us, and whether or not it's going to mean the change and the hope that he that he touted, that he sold to us, and whether or not we need to ignite that hope and spirit of change. We have always, Alpha, throughout the history of our existence in this country, we have been the moral barometers, and we seem to be falling for a lesser path because they said so. You got me? Am I making myself clear? I don't don't, know if I'm making myself clear because I'm a crazy woman on the other side of this microphone tonight. I don't think it's so much that we are true because they say so. I am saying to you that that is the path that they have left open. They have shut the What path are we going to blaze, Alpho? That's my question. What path are we going to blaze? The path that we will blaze is the path that is affordable, 
the path that can be blazed because it's been left open. When they shut off the voice, they control the airways. They control the perception. They control it all, just as they've done for over 100 years, 150 years, 200 years. They have control. We see what's going on. We are in a slow march to reverse it, a very, very slow march to reverse it. Yeah. I, I understand, some other callers, I understand anger. And I understand it all. But let's be let's 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 try to engage in some reality. They're not going to discuss our issues. If I, think about it. Well, Alpho, this, it, it, wait, 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 oh. Alpho. This is the question I'm asking. You, you, you're right. They're not going to discuss our issues. But the question really is: Are we going to discuss our issues? You can't even get to the polls. That's my point. That's only one path. That's only one path. That's only one path. Alpha, I'm going to put you on hold because I need to take some other calls because, you know, you and I, by the year 2020, have got to resolve this between the two of us. I'm going to put you on hold and go to 972. You're on the air. Thank you for holding. You've been holding for a while. I respect you and welcome to our common ground. Greetings to you, Janice, and greetings to Alpha. Um, can I be Oh, heard? I got to put Alpha back up. In here. <laughs> oh, no, don't put Alpha back up because I'm about to rip, rip him through this telephone. Alpha, meet our friend Sarah from Facebook. Sarah, Sarah, how are you? Alpha, you said a whole bunch of baloney just now, and I was about to start getting my shovels to start getting this crap all up out of here. Because what you were saying, you know, this is, you know, this is, this is why I said, Janice, I said I was not going to get into this uh, political, you know, crap until after November, because this is the kind of bull that I've been hearing over and over again from black people. It's as it's all we see is our end goal is to get is to get a Democrat or to get a black man in office, and that's all we want. We don't want no damn substance. We don't want nothing else. We don't ask for a goddamn thing. White women get whatever the hell they want. The Latinos are being courted. They're being wined and dined they, um, because they have leveraged themselves. They're not attached to any damn political party. But black people are being pushed and corned to tell us, okay, we need to go with the goddamn DNC. You know, this don't make no damn sense. You know, we're acting as if though we don't want to ask for a damn thing, as if everything we ask from this administration, as if though it's specifically race-based or it's geared just for, um, just for us. So what? When George Bush was in office, his main goal was to um, what was there for the oil companies, Bush Cheney. He was there for Bechtel, Halliburton, all these other companies. They got they they privatized the doggone military for themselves. The white people got whatever the hell they want. So so if we put a black man in office, then of course we it's automatically understood that black people are gonna get something out of the goddamn deal. Now if we're gonna put a black person in office and we ain't gonna get a shit out of it, why the hell am I even voting to put your ass up in there for in the first place? If you won't give a damn thing for me, I'm not saying everything gotta be for me, but if I'm not gonna get nothing out of the goddamn deal, why the hell am I voting for you? Why are you courting asking me to vote? Well, Sarah, there is an there is an answer there. But in between the answer, there is also our reality, Alpha, and this is what I'm trying to get to, that in between all of that is that 
we have to serve our interests because electoral politics do not. Exactly, Janice. But you see, we've been sold this bag of cheap goods telling us that everything is based on politics, that we're going to get everything. The ballot, or, um, is, is there, the ballot is not the end all be all. The ballot ain't going to do a goddamn nothing for black people. Putting boots on the ground, getting on the ground, doing what we got to do is what's going to do it. Forming coalitions with every damn body else is not going to do it for us either. There comes a point or a time when black people are going to have to turn internal, become tribal in order for us to survive. When we had Black Wall Street, Rosewood, and all, Wilmington, and all these other communities around um, the United States at the turn of the century, it was because we became damn tribal and we worked within ourselves. We didn't go over there and run with the goddamn Native Americans, the Latinos, the Chinese, or any damn body else to form coalitions. Well, I, I think that what we do is, and Alpha, I'm going to give you a chance to respond to Sarah, but I think that one of the things that we do have to understand, we have to be detailed in our construct, and we have to take what we need and then develop, take what we can and then develop what we need. And, and, and Alpha, it means that just like, Tip O'Neill, I mean, Tip O'Neill was right on target when he used to say all the time, everything important in politics is local. All politics is local. That, might, that means, might be so true, Janice, because you're going to get more on your local level. you got a shorter reach to go up in there and get things done when it, when it don't go according to plan. But on this national level, as far as the electoral policy or for the presidency is concerned, that is out of our hands. We don't control it. I keep telling you all, this election has already been decided. All this machination and all this theatrics that's being done between Obama and Romney, that they're for, this is just a distraction for us out here. This election has already done, been decided. These guys, they already know who's going to be there come January 2013. They already done know. Well, We're well, the let's, ones who let's just play along with this foolish game. Which is, why, which is why I said I was not even going to get into it because it is, it is futile. It is, wa- it is wasteful because black people are not prepared. We don't have our financial houses in order. Alpha. Everybody got their house up, but we don't want to get We let everybody tell us to put our stuff on the side and rely on politics to get us out. It ain't going to do shit for us. I hate to be so um, blunt, but it ain't going to do nothing for us. Alpha, let, let, let's let Alpha slide in here. Well, let me say this. I am not opposed, and I don't disagree with everything each of you have said. What I am simply saying is this. We have not done the groundwork to be in this position. And, and Sarah, I understand what you say. We have to form our own coalition. But how is that working out for us? We've been trying to form our own coalition and do our own black for the longest. The only one that's come close, come close, is Louis Farrakhan. And they've demonized and vilified him to a point where now even the black president and half-white president will never mention his name. Well, the long he has no one Jewish people that he's getting money from. Th- th- that is true. I told him that he can't say nothing as far as Louis Farrakhan 
um, Jeremiah Wright or anyone progressive has to say because he is tied to them to the money um to, to the money tips that they're offering him to get into office. When you are not financially independent and you are dependent on others to do your bidding, you you gonna have to do um what they say, whatever tune they play. That's what you are gonna dance to. Well, let's get it.
health care program in our community, we're not getting it out of the White House. But everybody else can get everything they want out of the White House. How does that work? Now, when you say get everything, you're you're talking about the Lead Better Act. I'm saying every other group has got something out of this president, and the Black Caucus can't even get a meeting, or the NAACP can't even get a meeting with this president. How does that work? Well, let, let, let's ask Alpha. He has the facts uh, about. What he believes he has he has uh, an, uh, he has an idea of what he believes we have gotten out of the White House. Alpha, you're back on the air. Well, let me say this. You know, when when you get to a point where you are thoroughly entrenched in your blackness, I am too. But I am also to a point where I understand about the reality. Now, I've I've gone on and I've listed in the past. I've listed when people talk about we haven't. What is he doing for black people? You first, you have to understand how toxic that is, not just for the president, but that's just bullshit. Just how that sounds. That's, that's a bullshit statement. That's a bullshit statement. Okay, fine, fine. As, as, as you will come to understand, maybe, I'm not disagreeing with what you say. I am simply trying to give you that reality check that will bring you around to exactly what's going on when you you sit up and say, uh, all the other groups have gotten something. And the only thing the, these other groups have gotten was what was right, what was you know the 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 don't ask don't tell the the, the I, I gay marriage situation all of those situations I don't, I don't have to, a problem with the other groups getting what they get, getting what they get but why can't black people get what they need five eight five what would you want from this president stop and frisk um police brutality Trayvon Martin um all 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 the senses Police killings is going on. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that would be a good place to start. Okay, let's let's talk about stop and frisk for a moment. Stop and frisk happened um, from lo- out of local police departments. Local de- police departments get federal funds to operate. So, how do you begin to address that at the local level? I'm going to bring. Um, Sarah I'm going to tell, tell you how. The same Sarah, way when the president's friend got harassed by the cops, and he dealt with that because it was a personal friend. He could have dealt with this this issue the same way. You mean Skip Gates, the Skip Gates situation? Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. exactly. Okay. <clears throat> but But let me ask you a question. The only organized, aggressive challenge to stop and frisk is happening in New York City with the Stop and Frisk Justice Coalition. 
why isn't it happening in other communities, Miami, um, uh, Greensboro? Uh, why isn't it happening? Well, it is happening in Boston. Janice, the government gets federal funding. Eric Holder yes. is the chief police law enforcement officer for the nation. Whatever federal dollars that they get, that they collect for everybody and these all these agency law enforcement agencies get, once they get an oversight that's put over there to manage them, like New Orleans and a couple other places that have um they're being managed, this stuff would this stuff would have come to a crashing halt a long time ago. Right. You're but absolutely right. We put up with right. We put up with bull. We are the ones getting our head bashed in, getting shot every time a law enforcement officer stops one of us. It always ends up in a goddamn murder. Well, they well, well you see, from the federal government, this stuff could have been stopped. The high you're you're, you're absolutely right. At younger ages, these are things that are within their grasp that they could have um, that they have control over. It, it raises questions about whether or not we know the steps of how to take control of our own issues. It really does, because you're absolutely right, five eight five. You're absolutely right, Sarah that we could challenge the funding of these police departments around whether or not they have violated civil rights laws and is that part of what could of of what we should be demanding that funding be suspended yes but we have not done that it wouldn't hurt for a president to take leadership on that on that path. It would hold it, like I said, you know, Janice, before, when you get these first black of every doggone thing that we get, it does not do bode well for black people as a group. Because But you know, I, I go back I go back all the way back to something that that Alpha always references and that is the the, the situation with Acorn. We've got all these groups running around being funded and paid for by state tax dollars in Florida, in Ohio, in Indiana, in Missouri, in Michigan, to supp- in Pennsylvania, to suppress the black vote. But we have not organized enough to raise the legal issues I mean, but, you know, you've got organizations like the Lawyers Committee and you've got the uh, legal de- uh, NAACP Legal Defense, Defense Fund, which is different from the NAACP for those of you who are listening. But what we need to do is we need to – and one of the reasons – and, Carla, I, I just want to say to you, one of the reasons that you don't uh, have President Obama or any president – that will comment on the potential violation of the federal government. So what you have, you need to have a surrogate. And the surrogate ought to be your elected officials. It ought to be people from the Democratic National Committee. It ought to be people from the Black Caucus. It ought to be people who you elect at the local level. I need to be asking John... What's his name? And uh, listen, um, uh, uh, you see, Janet, Janice, you were saying what sounded like two, right, like like you, like what, what you were saying about the casualty in every war is the doggone truth. That's the first doggone casualty of any war situation. Exactly. We have these black officials who have been in office for God knows when since God was a baby. 
and they haven't done a right. damn thing for their community. They've got up in there. They all get their little presidential medal of freedom, like John Lewis did, and um, and you know the, the guys, the head for the for the NFLC, and all of them, um, Joseph Lowry, and all of them, and they turned their head. They turned but, their head. What the hell they going to have a protest movement, Janice? Because this black man has been in office, and black people on um, fires have been put out. But but a there's, there's, there's another point out, of view. Fire and put it out. You know, nobody wants to protest because they don't want to embarrass this black family. But in the meantime, we're getting our behind embarrassed with pink slips and clubs upside our head. But, but there's, there's another point, and I, w- I want to make this very clearly, and it's been something that has been haunting me. And it haunts me because I listen to Black Talk Radio from 6 o'clock in the morning until 7 o'clock at night, and I listen to MSNBC from 7 o'clock at night until 11 o'clock at night if I'm not listening to some talk show that uh, this program sponsors. And I will, I will say to you that we support people in our own community who do not serve our interests. Do you think I would be sitting behind this microphone if I had uh, a million people listening to me and not doing organizing? But we support, and I, I hate to call my friends' names out, we support... Celebrity, um, Janice, let's call. We, we support these empty shell celebrities who we see running around here. We think that they are all that in a bag of chips. Thank you, Sarah, because, you know, and, and, and I just want to say that, you know, I listen to program after program where our people are not being dealt with with dignity. Then our people are being dealt with with bullshit. And we have opportunities to organize in our community except for we participate in the same distraction that serves as impediments to our liberation. Mm-hmm. So, 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 Janet, you're saying that, that the rebels in Libya and, and the rebels in all these other countries are more uh, organized, are more organized than we are. Than because because our president will go over there and help them out before he helps anybody in in, a, in the urban community. You know what? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even talking about He's not the going over there and helping nobody man. out. He is going over there because those people have resources that they want to get their hands on. Libya has all that gold that they stole since Gaddafi when they went up in there and they closed the Central Bank of Libya and they stole that main gold. They have, they have uh, when they the aquifer that he had on the ground that France was given that as part of their deal for coming up in there and helping to destroy that country. They got something that they're getting. Black people ain't got no resources. Um, so so they so they're putting us way back on the bottom of the list because we ain't got right. no well, finances in there. That's right. That's right. And and what I'm not five eight five. I'm sorry, I didn't ask you your 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 name. If you want to give us your name, but um, minute. What I'm suggesting is that we have put more ombrage in what a president ought to do for us than we have in what we ought to do for ourselves. Thank you. That, that, that's apples and oranges. Apples and oranges. You're absolutely right. Let me deal with the oranges. We haven't shown up. 
we haven't challenged in a control and strategic way to make this government responsive to our needs. Let me deal with look, look who you got. You got Sharpton, up, the, the biggest gatekeeper there. You got Sharpton us. that's put in charge, and then you got the Tom Jordan and all of them there. Well, you know, Sarah, strategy has also have to do with planning and assessment. And we have to assess who we allow to be our voices yep. and what their agenda is. We have not done that. We have not done it at the local level, and we have not done it at the national level. I look at the clowns that get before us, but I also look at the people who we allow, as, as Alpha says, to be demonized on a consistent basis. Yep. I look at, you know, one of the reasons that I want everybody to know it, I have brought some of the best black minds to these microphones. Yes, I mean, I'm talking about Dr. Naeem Akbar, Dr. Francis Cress Wilson, Dr. Joy Degree. I'm talking about Dr. Amos Wilson. I'm talking about Dr. Jawanza Kunjufu and, and Dr. Haki Madabudi and Dr. Matthew Johnson. And we dismiss them. And what they have to say, because we're looking at the gold that glimmers. 585, thank you so much for your, for your call. Sarah, thank, thank you, you so much for your call. You've thank added you. so much to this show tonight. Alpho, thank you for your call. And I guess at some point in this show, I'm going to get to the issue of reparations because that's one of the things that we are ashamed of, we shy away from, we step away from, and that's the only thing that's going to have make us cause us to have a serious presence in the discourse of this of uh, in this nation. Thank you all so very much. I'm going to go to um, 8585. You're a new caller. Please join us each Saturday night. I'm not always, um, you know, jumping off in this way. Uh, Sarah, you want to be put on hold? Yes, ma'am. That's fine. Okay. Alpho, uh, and you all join Alpho each Friday night, 10 p.m. at TruthWorks Network because Alpha is trying to bring us to some basic realities that they are very painful. They cause me to suffer very much, but they are the realities. Alpha, thank you for your call. Hope you have a good football Sunday. Putting you on hold. One one one, you're on the air. Thank you for your call. Hey Janet, it's uh, India Declare uh, enjoying the India show very much. India Declare, the I Declare show, heard here at Blog Talk Radio. I Declare. Yeah, yeah I, thank I, I, I thank you so much uh, for 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 the work that you do and for the commitment that you have made now for several decades in regards to uplifting, educating, and providing tremendous insight and inspiration. I I I wanted to say as I as I've been listening uh, to this here is that um what we are seeing currently uh has been engineered for decades. Um repubs have been publicizing their strategy for decades on talk radio. Uh, I know because I used to listen to it. And the stuff that they talked about uh several cars ago uh that I had 
are now policy. But but as you said earlier, we haven't been showing up. So now when a black president is inaugurated, well, that puts their plans on speed dial. Um, uh, what they were planning uh, in the late 80s and early 90s, when he shows up, all of a sudden it, it's like a convection oven, and, it, it, and their plans go into the microwave, and they cook them up immediately. Then the 2010 election comes. Where are we? Watching the housewives, going to a damn baseball game, a football game, or watching some crap on TV, uh, uh, getting our nails done and enriching God knows who, doing God knows what to us. So, I mean, look, my point is this. This is nothing new. This has been worked on and been strategizing for decades. Now, we need to show the fuck up, and we need to get our game in order. It, this is about us. So now when we see a black president and the, and the, and the vitriol and, and, and satanic hatred that these people have thrown at this man, it, it, yes, it offends us. We feel it. But you know what? These policies have been, man, these policies have been scripted decades ago. But we have not been paying attention. Now, all of a sudden, they're looking for the president to do something for us. Well, where the hell were we when these cats were drafting this architecture back in 1982? Well, you know, because India, they were drafting it back in 1982. But we were too busy going to the going to the concert, buying some stupid jersey, buying some big ass pants, looking like a prisoner. So I mean, we have to as Difficult as this is, we must uh, 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 admit our wrongs and state our peace and get the hell to work if it's not too late. Well, India, you know, you really make a point, and I'm, I, I've been thinking of this whole issue that 585 brought up about stop and frisk and, and, and how we need to address it. Mm-hmm. You know, when um, when all of the just gunning down of black men, a black man arrested, and he is sexually assaulted and degraded in the police department uh, uh, men's room, when a black man is trying to assert his identification in New York City, and he is gunned down. And just recently, two weeks ago, the the policeman that gunned him, the, one of the policemen that gunned him, uh, gunned him down, was his weapon was returned to him. Nobody got fired. Nobody went to jail. Uh, uh, and 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 we, you're right. We did nothing then, and so Thank we you. got what we got, and that stop and frisk, where thousands of black men are being stopped on the street for nothing and degraded and diminished and demeaned by rogue cops. What we've got right now is a fascism going on in this country because we gave permission years ago. Absolutely. As I as I said in your chat room, we as a people um, have done what we saw President Obama do in the first debate. We allowed by 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 not being prepared by, by by whatever you want to call that that happened in that first debate. That is how we as the people have been. And so and so 
this, this, what we are seeing today, stand your ground, stop and frisk, and so many of the NDAA and the Patriot Act and all this, all this crap, this crap has been talked about. They broadcast it every day. Yeah. They've been broadcasting it. <laughs> They've been broadcasting it. And then when the black president becomes inaugurated, all of the architecture goes in the microwave, implementing his policy, boom. Now we're saying, well, how come the black president isn't doing something for us? Well, wait just a damn minute. Where the hell were you uh, when all this was was ongoing, was in its infancy? Where were we? And you know what? Something else. We do have revenue. We've got a ton of it. Hell, I read an article a couple of weeks ago. Uh, 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 our community uh, is about to rack up when the total receipts are done uh, over a billion dollars annually. We don't have a pack. We don't have a lobby group. Oh no, we got to buy our jerseys and our rims and our and, and look. Our priorities are effed. And until we admit our faults and come clean with our priorities. We're going to continue to see what we've got and worse. So don't look for President Obama to do something for you. Think about where you are allocating your dollars. Who are you enriching? And come together because until you lobby, until you have a pact, you won't be heard. That's the game. Either butch up and get with the game or shut up and let the game take you over. That's how the game is played. And instead of us buying fake Korean hair and enriching some 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 freaks who who put chemicals on our nails, God knows what the hell the chemicals are gonna do to the nails and to our bloodstream, instead of spending all that money on that, maybe we can come together and lobby and get a pack and be listened to officially. Because I tell you what, the people who are listened to, they have lobbyists and they have a pack. That's how you well, get listened to. Well, one of the things, India, and, and and you've been really eloquent on your on your points. But one of the things that we have got to do is that we've got to put the toolbox, the 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 justice and the liberation and the racial equity toolbox in front of us, and understand that the matrix is built on an equation, and in an equation. The equal sign is is in between, as 585 pointed out, the apples and the fucking oranges. And until we functionalize each side of that equation, we're going to always be pointing the finger. Well, what did Malcolm do and what did Martin King do? And we're going to be living with dead people instead of living with the live people sitting at our kitchen tables or our dining room tables every damn day. Yes, so agreed. The, agreed. The equal, uh, this the has, equal this sign, has everything we have to, to do with us. We have us. to operate each side of the equation. And yes, yes. I, I land some stuff on President Barack Obama, because and, and 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 at the bottom of that, and Alpha and I have been talking about it for two weeks now. The bottom of that is that in that first debate in front of 65 million people, he did not defend my history and my presence and positioning in this country as that rich white man who wear everything has been handed to him 
did not defend us. No, he didn't. You are exactly right. That's on one side of the equation. The other side of the equation is that neither did the people who I cast my vote for, neither did the people in my community uh, challenge what all of that meant to the children, to my grandchildren, to other grandmothers' grandchildren who have to live with the residue of what we have not done. So you we are got so get, right. We should have had our boot on the neck of this president the day he was inaugurated. Absolutely. Because the Absolutely. reason why he did that, the reason why he did not defend of 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 uh, us and stand there with a historic um, uh, guillotine, if you will, to 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 put our issues uh, at the front and center of that podium is because we took. We went to the inauguration and shed tears and went through all of that and then went home. Mm-hmm. We should have had our boot on his chest from the first day. And I tell you, you want to know how that don't ask, don't tell got repealed? Uh, uh, because they did. That's why. Because uh, 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 the ho- homosexual community we're like, oh, no, 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 no. They're going to lobby. They're going to keep that boot on that neck until they get the uh, policy that they're looking for. And we Absolutely. went home. We celebrated Absolutely. the history of the event and went home. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not the game. I understand the history. I cried and everything, too. I understand all that. But you and I sit up here every day and talk about this. That, that was all, That's just the emotional, personal, his, historic side of the equation. The other part of this is the man is a politician. And if you want a politician's attention, you have to exercise the political machine that gives that attention. And we we did not. We took our foot off of the back or chest or neck or whatever, you know, whatever you want to say, and we did not keep the pressure on. Uh, and it must be kept on. And maybe that's the biggest lesson from all of this, uh, that you can't just show up uh, vote, uh, uh, cry on uh, Inauguration Day, and go home. It is a continuous and constant, meticulous, exhausting engagement that must be participated in. And you know why? Because the other side did. Now we've now we've seen that they had a honey. They were having breaking bread and 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 having a baked potato while the man was getting uh, inaugurated, plotting against him. That's right. Now we know, and that's what I'm saying. They never sleep. And apparently that's all we do. So until we wake up and roll with this game, and this is a sick, maniacal, diabolical, exhausting game that we're in, don't complain. You're absolutely right. And that money for those jerseys and these purses and these shoes and these rims and all this stupid play and and, and all this – food that kills us and all this, we're going to have to come together and coordinate our resources and allocate those resources in regards to our best interest. Yep. Hey, India, I got to go and thank you so much for bringing the power. Thank you, baby. Thank you, baby. Love you. Sarah, thank you so much for bringing the power uh, at our common ground. This is where we come to find our black minds. Alpha, thank you so much for your on top 
analysis of our realities. And and the question really tonight is, are we going to change our realities? Are we going to step up and influence our own community? Are we going to discover our strengths? You've been listening to Our Common Ground. Thank you so very much for being with us tonight, and we hope you'll join us each Saturday night, 10 p.m. I'm Janice Graham, speaking truth to power and ourselves. Thank you so very much. Uh, Peace go with you as we try to make our way. We are the leaders that we have been looking for, and we're hoping that we can discover our own power and strength. Thank you for being here with us at Our Common Ground. I'm Janice Graham, and for me and for my co-host, Alpha of the Alpha Show, we appreciate your listenership and your loyalty. We'll see you next week, 10 p.m., here on Our Common Ground. Woke up this morning after another one of those crazy dreams.